Hey, true believers, do you love politics? Do you love comic books? Well, superhero politics is for you. Combines the comical nature of politics and the political nature of comic books. Join us, like, share, and experience the world of comics and politics in a way that you never have before. Superhero politics. And I'm your host, Michael Holmes. superpower battle for the soul of the nation superhero politics let's get up up in a way welcome everybody my name is Michael Holmes and this is superhero politics um, you may be asking what is superhero politics well the concept came to me because well I love two things comic books and politics and so, uh, when thinking about the concept of, of politics, I, I looked at things through the lens of the typical comic book archetypes. Heroes and villains, nefarious plots, you know, despots bent on world dom- domination, and applied that to politics. Those are all themes in comic books, but if you look at our politics today, it, it, it seems cartoonish. I mean, you know, there there are you know clear setups in our societies for the classic heroes and villains type. You know, you look at how the parties have separated and their policies are are played out across social media, across uh, traditional media, and everyone is set up uh, in their own little camps: the Justice League versus the Legion of Doom, uh, the Fantastic Four versus uh, you know, Doctor Doom and uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, X Men versus uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It's, it's all set up for these these classic battles. You've got uh, you know politicians on both sides who who fit the mold of classic heroes and villains throughout comic books. And you know, we look at uh, who is in charge of our government today. And so we look at this setup, this juxtaposition between the two parties and and how they've kind of comported themselves over, you know, the, the it, it, definitely the expanse of my life. Um, and you see this and depending on what political lens you look through, you feel as though either the one side is the villains and you're the hero and and and. You know, oddly enough, both sides see the opposite side as the villain. Um, but we're kind of we're going to talk about you know how that kind of has played out, how that's been set up, and 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 how the media uh, structure has kind of set that in motion for us to see things uh, based on policy, based on uh, uh, politicians, and 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 how they've been portrayed uh, throughout history. So um, you know, today, you know our the president of the United States is Donald Trump, who, you know, by any stretch of the imagination is is 
you know, uh, the classic cartoon, cartoonish villain archetype. I mean, if you go back in comics, there have been plenty of times where, you know, billionaires have assumed power, uh, you know, and, and challenged the status quo, challenged uh, what seems to be a takeover of America. You know, and, and Superman Lex Luthor actually became president. Now, what's the difference between Lex Luthor and Donald Trump? Lex Luthor actually divested uh, from LexCorp, and Trump never did. So if you're keeping score, Donald Trump is less ethical than a comic book supervillain. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange dichotomy that we live in today where, you know, we have such clearly defined um, archetypes of, of, of heroes and villains. So... Uh, we're going to talk about today the RNC and the DNC, uh, uh, Republican National Conventions and the Democratic National Conventions, who took place over the last two weeks, and kind of what that means as we head towards 2020 election cycle, and uh, we're you know in the in the in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of economic uh, uncertainty and, and and near depression, social unrest, violence. Um, on the backdrop of, you know, massive inequality and in racial strife, and just how the parties fit in this, and and, and the two central figures in this uh, political, uh, in this you know political pitch political battle. So on one hand, you have uh, you know Joe Biden, who is you know kind of been you know a mainstay over the over the uh, history of uh, of democratic politics. You know, he's he's been a senator. He's been a vice president. You know, he's been around for, you know, so many decades fighting the good fight. And then you have this, uh, you know, insurgent in Donald Trump who out of nowhere came in and bent the Republican Party and the conservative movement to his will. Uh, he kind of warped the political ra reality, uh, you know, around him uh, in a way that we've never seen. And so as we as we look at, you know, the the his entrance or his emergence on the scene, um, you know, the media's the media's had a, a, a you know, a, a tough time figuring out how just to play him, how just to cover him, you know, because, you know, with 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 such an unpredictable nature of of a candidate, of, of a president, of a leader, um, it's been tough for the media to, to define how they want to cover it. And so uh, as we move forward to 2020, uh, we move forward to November, um, we're going to draw some distinctions between Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump as the hero and the villain. So let's get started with uh, Joe Biden. So a lot of people will say, and this is Joe Biden's uh, kind of his campaign tag is, you know, we're battling for the soul of, of America. You know, you know, you can look at Donald Trump and all of his failures and, you know, some of his personality quirks and say that, you know, he's as immoral as the Joker. And so when we look at, when we take a look at how he's covered in the media, you know, a lot of times the media won't even, like, they, they've, they've kind of settled into this um, understanding that the Republican Party has leaned into being the villain. 
they've, they've leaned into it. They've decided that, you know, we're, we're not going to compete on the level of policy versus policy. We're not going to, uh, you know, compete on the level of candidate versus candidate. You know, we're going to have this, um, we're going to have this, this, this master plan to, through whatever means necessary, take down what they see is, you know, a, a more powerful entity. It's almost like when you look at uh, Lex Luthor versus Superman. Superman is this godlike figure who is imbued with all kinds of, you know, fantastic powers and literally could take over the world in a matter of uh, hours. And then here's Lex Luthor, a normal human, rich, powerful, but just a human. And so if you look at how America views the Democratic Party versus the Republican Party, and you can kind of see how that, that kind of dichotomy has set up. Um, the, the media doesn't even see the Republican Party as a governing figure. They, they, they don't see them as a governing party. Because anytime something happens, it's always... Why aren't Democrats doing something to stop Republicans? It's never, it's always, well, Republicans are flouting the rule of law. Why aren't Democrats stopping him? Republicans are, uh, you know, Reagan and Iran Contra. Why didn't Dems do more? You know, George W. Bush and uh, Iraq. Why didn't Dems, why didn't the Democrats stop him? You know, Trump is violating the Hatch Act by uh, using the White House to, as, as a political prop. What are Democrats going to do? They don't, they're not even asking why are Republicans doing this. They're not even demanding that the Republicans stop. It's kind of like how um, Gotham media covers the Joker. Joker would murder an orphanage full of kids. They wouldn't ask his motivation. They would never say, you know, the Joker must stop this carnage. It was always, how is the Dark Knight going to stop the Joker? Because there was just this tacit acknowledgement or this explicit acknowledgement that the Joker was just an agent of chaos, that he was just hell bent on destruction, and that was his place in society. And it really came down to just this kind of force of nature that existed in opposition to the hero. And you can see that in the media because to you know when we look at what's happening in Kenosha and you know my heart goes out to the family of Jacob Blake um, who was shot seven times uh, by an officer in the back at close range as he tried to break up a fight and, and get back to the car where his three sons um, were waiting for him you see that um, in the media and it, you see the media calling on Democrats to dec to denounce the violence that, as a result of the protest that goes on in the city, that went on in Kenosha. Um, there are pundits, there are you know traditional media figures saying, why isn't Joe Biden, you know, decrying the the the, the violence? Why isn't he out there demanding that the violence and the rioting stop? Where are the calls for Donald Trump to denounce police brutality? Why isn't the media saying to the Republican Party, 
you've placed yourself uh, squarely on the side of law enforcement, but yet you don't call them to account to stop the things that precipitate the riots and the protests. The reason that is, is because the media has accepted the fact that the Republican Party is not a governing party, that the Republican Party is not going to uh, you know, stand up to any of those natures uh, of uh, kind of the worst natures of this of this country. They're going to embrace it. Like they they've accepted the fact that when it comes down to chaos and things like that, they expect the Republican Party to be on that side of the lesser. They expect them to play the role of villain. So looking at them and saying, why aren't the Republican Party uh, accountable for what they have what's happening they look at the Democrats and say well it's up to you to stop them why aren't you stopping them what are you going to do when Trump flouts the rule of law what are you going to do when um, he breaks a presidential norm how are you going to do it because the onus to save society is always on the hero and so when you look back at you know, the, the last 50 to, to 75 years of politics in this country what you see as the, the, you know you used to have this really unclear uh, distinction of what is who is the hero and who is the villain so if you look back the Democrats you know, in the 1960s, the Democrats emerged as, uh, you know, a, a former, you know, party of the Confederacy. Um, you know, many members of the Democratic Party were former members of the KKK. And you'll hear this talking point a bunch from Republicans and conservatives. You know, the Democrats are actually the party of, of the KKK. And, and that's a kind of a fraught history that Democrats have. And so, you know, as the civil rights era emerged, what you started to see is a little hardening on both sides uh, into this new role. So when LBJ signed uh, the Civil Rights Act into law, what you had is you had this great exodus of of kind of white flight from the Democratic Party over to uh, the Republican Party, and you know you'll hear it a lot. Some of these you know pundits will say that didn't happen, and this was fake, and blah blah blah, and all that other stuff. But you know. That's clearly what happened because the election started um, to go from the Democrats clearly winning the South, all the Southern states, all the former Confederate states, to the Republicans winning those states. And so what happened is now you have an influx of minorities into the Democratic Party. And so the Democrats started to um, craft their new platform around inclusion and diversity and um, you know essentially truth justice in the American way and so when you stake that claim that you're going to be the defenders of the melting pot of society what do you what is what is the what is the juxtaposition to that what do the Republicans do well the Republicans were left with essentially white people they were essentially left protecting the remnants of white supremacy 
and white privilege. Now, I'm sure that's not what they wanted. But if you can't win elections, what are you going to do? And this is the chase for power. And I think this is what corrupted the Republican Party. Now, every every villain has an origin story. You know, every every villain has an or, or, or origin story. Like every hero has an origin story. So when we talk about you know how the Republican Party became the villain of the day, like how they became the villain uh, of today. You know, we think about um, classic characters like you know you know Magneto. We think about classic characters like. Uh, you know Victor Von Doom. We think about classic characters like, um, um, you know Lex Luthor, and we think about classic characters like, um, you know, Doctor Octopus. We think about all these ca- characters, and we think about how they came to be villains. Like it was always some tragedy that forced them uh, into being, uh, to view in society um, as something that needed to be bent to their will you know some of them will say you know i am coming to restore order because if you know if i don't rule with an iron fist then then society will crumble and they actually believe that their villainy is righteous and so i think that's that that's kind of what um you know republicans are believing today that the things that they're doing they're doing for a righteous reason and they think well you know, if 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 we continue to uh, mold society in our vision, then you know we'll bring order to this to this you know uh, kind of wild society that we have now, where these minorities and immigrants and everyone you know are are, are popping up and and causing chaos with the good white people of this country, and so as we have this hardening of, of ideologies of, of, you know, heroism and, and, and villainy, um, everybody just kind of settled into it. Like there was no, there was no way to like push back. Like there was almost this knowledge acknowledgement, um, from both sides that says, you know what, we're going to play this game the way this game is shaken out. Republicans leaned into it. Republicans said, you know what? You know, if I can't attract minorities, then I'm going to lean in to this white power. And what it gave them, almost like in this, um, in this kind of zen-like, uh, you know, in this kind of zen-like, um, you know, awakening was they found a power they unlocked a, a, a secret power that allowed them to fight back against a very powerful uh, entity in, in what the Democrats had become so the Democrats absorbed so if we talk about you know um, you know heroes and 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 how they um, are often empowered a lot of times some of that um, what you see is that they're um, 
they're either born with that power or they absorb that power or they're they're given that power. Spider-Man was bitten by, you know, a radioactive spider and he was imbued with with powers that, you know, that that gave him the, you know, fantastic spider-like powers. Um, Superman absorbs the rays of the yellow sun and activates his Kryptonian cells and and makes him, you know, the most powerful hero um, on the planet or it's, it's, some say in the universe. And so the Democrats absorbed all of these new powers, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, immigrants, LGBT, you know, you know, you know, women voters like they, they absorbed all this, this new power. And so they were able to pull together this, um, you know, is, you know, X-Men like fantastic four, like, uh, justice league, like power this team, um, to power themselves to victory. So when faced with that type of power, what do you do? You lean in to villainy. So Republicans have taken the tact that if we need to break norms, we're going to break norms. If we need to attack democracy, we'll attack democracy. If we need to um, to undermine the rule of law, we'll undermine the rule of law. Because they feel completely justified because they have convinced themselves that their cause is righteous and they are fighting uh, against a system that is skewed against them. You'll hear this a lot from, from conservatives. You'll hear this a lot uh, in conservative media that everybody is biased against them. They don't have a choice because they can't get a fair shake. They can't get honest coverage. And so when Donald Trump uses the White House in a clear violation of the Hatch Act to accept the nomination for the Republican Party, the media just goes, eh, what do you expect? However, uh, you know, years before Barack Obama apparently made a call from Air Force One and the media was apoplectic. Literally, the New York Times ran a full-page front ad when Al Gore made a call from the White House. Catherine Sebelius, uh, and I think 2011 or 12, um, mentioned, just literally mentioned Barack Obama's name at a, at a uh, sanctioned event. She had to go back, apologize, recast the event as a personal event and then pay for all of the expenses and travel for her and her team to be there because the media had such a different standard for who they consider the hero versus who they consider the villain you want another example 2016 election Hillary Clinton former Secretary of State been in the public eye for 30 years been investigated from stem to stern Donald Trump 
been in the public eye for almost as long, been investigated from stem to stern, but never through the political lens. So now you have this convergence. Donald Trump comes on the scene as a candidate. No one expects him to win, but as he makes his way through the Republican primary, the scrutiny on Donald Trump, someone who's never even been elected student council president, is so light and so minimal. What is your policy for health care? Oh, it's going to be terrific. You're going to love it. It's going to be fantastic. What's the headline? Donald Trump has fantastic health care policy. Hillary Clinton has to come out in detailed. How many is it going to cover? Who's going, who is it going to affect? How are you going to pay for it? Both candidates were under investigation by the FBI. The only candidate that it was revealed was under investigation by the FBI was Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump literally had 25 women accuse him of sexual assault or worse he was caught on tape admitting to committing sexual assault and literally nobody cared Hillary Clinton sent some innocuous emails and it buried her campaign it buried her chances for president the media covered it incessantly I think there was something ridiculous number of about 18 or 19 thousand articles written on Hillary Clinton's emails it was it became such a joke that there were memes flying around the email uh, around the, the internet just said butter emails butter emails anytime that you got into a Twitter debate with someone who was uh, supporting the Republicans it was always but what about Hillary Clinton's emails where are those emails Donald Trump literally went out and asked a foreign country to hack and find those emails and release them to the public as a matter of fact it happened on the day that the infamous tape Access Hollywood tape was released to the public and it just automatically obliterated that from the news cycle. Why? It's because the standard for Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party who the media sees as the responsible, responsible governing party the, the, the party of heroes is so much higher than what they see for the Republican Party and Donald Trump who they have cemented as the villain. You don't expect the villain to be ethical. You don't expect the villain to be righteous. You don't expect the villain to follow the rules. But you do expect that for the hero. You do expect the hero to do everything right. I said earlier that when the Joker murders an orphanage full of kids, people will express outrage 
But no one will say, my God, Joker, start, stop this carnage. Why? Because you just expect the Joker to do carnage. But if, say, Batman was to break a crook's arm, apprehending him, it would be, oh, the Dark Knight has gone too far. And this is what our politics looks like today. Joe Biden will face the same impossible standard. We're in the midst of a global pandemic that has largely been completely fumbled by this president and this administration. We're in the midst of an economic crisis that has largely been precipitated by the failure of this administration and this president. We're facing right now social unrest, racial strife like we haven't seen since the 1960s, largely because of the the, the stoking of, of these things by this president from the moment he emerged on the scene. And what is the media doing? Asking why the Democrats aren't doing more to stop him. What are the Democrats going to do in the House? Are they going to impeach? Are they going to sue? Are they going to do these things? Why? It's because we expect the heroes to ride in and save the day. The media will never admit this. The media will never admit that this is how they see the parties. But if you look at their coverage, it's as clear as as if you had x-ray vision. You literally can see how the media approaches covering these parties. And this is the essence of superhero politics. This is why I started this is because, you know, you look at what um, what's happening in you and, 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 you know, I, I've read, I don't know, 80 or 90,000 comic books in my life. And I've also been around politics for, for, for most of my life, 30, 30 plus years now. Um, and so, you, you look at these two genres and how they kind of bleed together and you look at um, you look at how you know the media uh, fixes itself in this and so you know you have the lowest lane types and the J. Jonah Jamesons uh, and the Daily Planets and the Daily Bugles CNN, MSNBC you have the Fox News um, all these kind of play out as kind of these you know these satellite entities that you know support uh, the heroes and the villains you know the Legion of Doom uh, on the right and you know MSNBC on, on the left and so you know what we're seeing is you know this has become a battle when, when, when the Legion of Doom and Justice League have a battle in the in the heart of metropolis things are destroyed things are things are just wiped out and right now our country is the battleground for these two superpowers and make no mistake we're we're in between two superpowers and um we're we're dealing with the fallout now, the 2020 election is coming up, and it, it'll be one of the most important elections of our lifetime. Um, because there's so much hinging on it. 
you know, uh, in a lot of comics you see that, you know, when the, when the villain emerges on the scene, they grow in power. They get stronger and stronger and stronger until they are stopped by the heroes. And so um, Donald Trump has essentially been empowered um, and his power continues to grow. Like the, the normal restraints of society that generally, um, you know, shackle or contain uh, a president, he's broken those. He's, he's, he's kind of shattered those. You know, he's not beholden to any standard. He's not, um, you know, he's not going to play by any of the rules that, that typically govern uh, society. You know, in a lot of ways, he's, you know, like the Mixtus Pitalik uh, of, of politics. He's just going to cause chaos. And so if Democrats don't find a way and the American people don't reject him in 2020, he'll almost be all powerful. It's almost like he's assembling all the Infinity Stones on the Infinity Gauntlet and he's just missing the Soul Stone before he's able to warp reality forever. And so what are Democrats going to do? Can they amass enough power to stop him? Can they marshal the forces? Can they open the portals and bring all the heroes there to face Thanos and defeat him on November 3rd. And that remains to be seen. Right now, it looks like he's in a weakened state. It looks like his power's been drained. It looks like he's you know, facing certain defeat. But that's not clear. That's not clear. And so the overconfidence of the hero has often been their downfall. And so, you know, as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris head uh, toward November, how will they continue to, to build on kind of this surge of energy? Like, it's like Superman getting a sun dip like he flies into the sun and he's super powered he's he's amped up um, to be able to continue to fight against doomsday can they maintain the power can they marshal the forces can they call in the rest of the heroes to be able to face this 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 daunting this villain this mad titan in Donald Trump so you know this election is about a clash of powers, about a clash of, of wills. It's really about a clash of realities. This is about a clash of realities. This is about a clash of political realities. And one will emerge as the reality for America. And who will win? Who's going to be able to amass enough power to be able to reshape this country? The hero or the villain? All that remains to be seen. Um, but we'll come back. Uh, 
in a few we'll come back in a little while and we'll 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 look at what happens post rnc we'll come back and we'll look at uh what bounces that uh each of them get we'll look at polling we'll look at you know all the kind of uh early warning signs of where this election is heading but that's that's kind of the idea for superhero politics why you know i decided to do this podcast and and put this together just to kind of um kind of merge two things that i love and and, and talk about uh politics in, in in kind of a fun unique way um but you know as we close out today um we received some pretty amazing news even for 2020 standards um Chadwick Boseman who is known to the superhero world as uh, King T'Challa of Wakanda or Black Panther died today at age 43 you know a four year battle with colon cancer and uh, he was amazing talent you know, he brought life to so many uh, iconic characters. I mean, you know, I, I used to joke when when he first hit the scene, like, this guy's agent does not get paid enough. Whatever he's making, his his agent does not get paid enough. Because he, he broke on the scene as Jackie Robinson. He played Thurgood Marshall. He played James Brown. And then to end up bringing life to one of the greatest representation, the greatest representatives of black comic books in the Black Panther to the screen, it was just an amazing kind of introduction, you know, to to, to art. You know, he brought he brought he brought an authentic authenticity to the to the character um and we'd never seen uh black panther in in live action we'd never seen um the character portrayed in anything but but uh animation but to portray not only a hero but a king a complex character um who walked the line between being a hero for the world and protecting his kingdom. Chadwick Boseman was, you know, a unique uh, talent in the, in, in the fact that, you know, he took on this role um, that had never been portrayed and he gave it he gave it life i remember coming out of the theater and seeing an old an, an elderly white lady who man if she was under 100 i would be shocked and she said you're going to love this movie it is awesome the character crossed so many different lines 
it touched so many people and it introduced so many people to the 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 royalty of T'Challa and I honestly think that you can and you can armchair quarterback this and you can look back and you can you can say oh well this this actor is this and that, this actor is that but it's it's not often that you say that this role was written for somebody but I honestly uh believe that this role was written with Chadwick Boseman in mind um my heart goes out to his wife and his family my heart goes out to his Marvel family I know they are heartbroken um, my heart goes out to the comic book community this is a devastating loss um, in just a year of devastating losses so um, as we continue to navigate this this pandemic landscape um, you know we we lift up the Bozeman, the the Bozeman family. Um, we lift up America. You know, we lift up the 180,000 people who have lost their lives due to COVID. We lift up the millions of people who are struggling right now with job loss and financial insecurity. We lift up the millions of people who are. Um, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, you know, dealing with uh, the loss of loved ones that they couldn't, you know, be with uh, thousands, I should say, not millions. Um, and we lift up the families of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and now, unfortunately, Jacob Blake. Um, you know, this country is facing. a unique challenge and we need some heroes and we need heroes to step forward um, to help us save the day um, you know in comic books there's nothing less permanent than death we've seen it time and time again characters die uh, and they come back you know Superman came back Jean Grey has come back so many times uh, in X-Men from, from death um, you know, Rachel Ghoul literally has a Lazarus, a, a, a pit, a resurrection pit called a Lazarus pit, um, to bring him back. Um, so, so death is death is not permanent in comic books. Unfortunately, um, life is not a comic book. And as we lose heroes in life, like John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, and and now. Chadwick Boseman um, we need a new generation of heroes to step up you know I look at these millennials today and I think about how they're so unafraid to face power I like to call them young justice so Hopefully, as as our heroes fall, other heroes will rise. So, 
true believers as we sign off for today. Um, just know that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Up, up, and away. What's going on, True Believers? Thank you for your continued and growing support. Uh, if you're enjoying the content that we're producing here on Superhero Politics, I ask that you subscribe anywhere that you can find podcasts. That means iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you can find us at Buzzsprout uh, and also on our social media at Superhero Politics on Twitter, at Superhero Politics on Facebook, Superhero Politics on Instagram, and Superhero Politics on TikTok. Um, like, share, join us, and if you would have any uh, topics that you would like to share or just questions that you would like to ask me, uh, you can send your emails to superheropolitics at gmail.com and uh, we'll do an episode where we answer your questions. Thank you for your continued support and remember, always speak truth to power.